you, we are coming out of Ephesians chapter 4. I'm reading out of the Amplified. I'm reading from verse 12 to verse 16. But my, my emphasis is going to be verse 15 and 16. Verse 15 and 16. I'm going to start at verse 12 to get a running start, and it reads as such. Here's a God's intention for the church and giving gifts for the church. God's intention was the perfecting and the equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church. That it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith, in the comprehension of the full, accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood or womanhood, that the completeness of the personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. Let's read on. And let's see, okay, got that. The measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found only in him. So then that we may no longer be children tossed like shit to and from every chance gust of teaching and and wavering every changing wind of doctrine, the, the prey of cunning and clever and unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shipping form of trickery, inventing errors to mislead. Rather, let us live lives lovingly, expressing truth, in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. Enfold in love. Let us grow up in every way, in all things, in the him who is the head, even Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. For because of him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts are closely jointed and firmly knitted together by the joints and ligaments which, is in which it is supplied when each part with power and adapt to its need is working properly in all its functions, growing to full maturity, building itself up in Wow. Yes, Amen. Yes, Amen. Father, even now as we stand, I ask that you move Tracy out of the way and allow her to be an empowerment, an endowment, an anointing from on high. Lord, so saturate this place that we cannot mistake your presence. Lord, speak. Give us ears to hear as you give me ear, as you give me the ability to speak. Lord, let there be a supernatural something 
that takes place during this hour. Lord, even now, have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Message Bible says something like this. It is his very breath and blood that flows through us. That his life is in us. Therefore, my paraphrase, therefore there should be a manifestation of Jesus in us. Him in us shining or showing up through us. Him living in us so that he can have his way in us and through us. That when people meet us, they meet him. So that when we come together, there's power and there's an expression of his personality when we come together to fellowship. When that, when that doesn't happen, it's not on his side. It's on ours. So wonder the devil works overtime to bring the visions and, and, and schisms and, and cliques in the church. So wonder he wants us to have an attitude with one another because he wants us to impede the power and the person of Christ from flowing through. No, so wonder he wants us to, to bring our attitudes to church. So, so, so wonder, so, so wonder he wants us to not speak to somebody on that side while we're sitting on this side so we avoid them on that side because... Ah, I know I'm mad. Let, let me meddle. Let me meddle. Let me meddle. Listen, 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 listen. When our battle is not so much with the devil. Oh, oh, he's active. But you know where he is most active? It's in our thinking. He knows that if he gets us messed up in our thinking, he got us messed up in every way. He knows that, that if you got an attitude and your thinking is jacked, he knows that even if you are saved, he don't have to worry about you. As long as he's keep you engaged in negative thinking, wrong thinking, messed up thinking, your power is being hindered by your thinking. Oh, if the church ever came to know who we really are in Christ. If, if we ever got on one accord and worship him, if, if, we ever, if, we, if we ever got past the petty stuff and put stuff aside and said, wait a minute, it's not about my feelings, it's about Jesus, and, and I'm not going to act up with you, but I forgive you. And, and if we ever see Jesus really in control, that means that all of a sudden it won't be about us. It would really be about him. And you want to talk about power? You want to talk about worship? You want to talk about seeing the manifestation of God when we get together and, and the favor and blessing of God on the outside? I, I just, I am convinced we haven't seen anything because we haven't allowed him to be who he is in us. Oh, but I, I, I believe that God's trying to shake us up 
so that we can allow him to be God in us. Let me deal with this. Not toss and turn, not move. And, and, and I know the text talks about different doctrines, but it don't have to be doctrines. Because a lot of times we got our own mindsets. We got our own emotions. We, we come in with our minds already made up about what we're going to believe and what we do believe, regardless what the word says. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, walk with me. Come on, walk with me. You know, you know, sometimes even though I put it in front of you and the preacher is preaching, we make our decisions whether we're going to receive it or not right there. Just, just because I said or even put it on the scripture before you don't mean you received it. Because there's some things that, that, that we've been living with or we've been believing all of our lives or we've been taught by our pappy and our mama or this is the way the world is and we are afraid that if we change and be like the world's going to tell us, like the word tells us to be, that, that somebody's going to take advantage of us. Oh, am I stepping in somebody? You know, no, you know, we can't be too nice. Folks will walk on you. You better watch those blank down there. See, 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 this is talk we do outside of church. So when we come to church, our minds is already made up. And watch this. And when the truth confronts us, we already got a doctrine of truth that controls our emotions. So we walk out the same way we came in. At some point, God has to speak into our spirits to the place where it confronts our emotions. Oh, y'all need to hear me. God does not speak to my emotions. He speaks to my spirit. Because your emotions will have you up one day and down the next. And we got to fight. You are in a battle because the devil speaks to our thinking, to our emotions, to the way we've been taught. But, the, but when God gives us truth, he said, I want you to put your emotions in check. I, I want you, I want you, I want you to, to take your thinking and anything that exalts itself beyond the teaching. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Watch how Paul helps us in this endeavor, in this thinking, in this concept. Because as long as we stay stuck in our thinking, we're gonna be stuck. Our spiritual growth is here that our mind catches up with what God has done in our spirits. Watch this, watch this. Let me, before I go then, watch this. God gave Israel land. He gave us spiritual blessings. Just like they had to take the land by faith, we can walk in our spiritual blessings by faith. 
just like the first group of Israelites walked in wilderness for 40 years when it took 11 days to two weeks to go to the promised land. And God said, I have given it to you. And the only reason why they didn't get it, because they didn't believe in How many stuff have we left unturned, unblessed, not walking in the favor of God, not walking in the blessing of God, not walking in the freedom of God, not walking in what God has, because we just won't believe. I'm not fussing. I'm talking to me as well as I'm talking to you. This is a challenge on the table for me. Listen, 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 listen. He says, though we walk in the, though we live in the flesh. He said, you got a human body. You got emotions. He says, you're human. We do not carry on our warfare according to the flesh. He said, don't think that this is a fleshly warfare. Don't think that the battle is about your feelings and on the outside. He says, and using mere human weapons. He said, don't you know that I have given you supernatural weapons? I have given you stuff to fight with, but you got to fight. He said, but the weapons of our warfare are not physical. Weapons of the flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the storing down and the destruction strong. He said, everything that Satan has tried to hold us in, the truth is you got the power to tear it down. Yeah, somebody there, they hear me. You and I got the power to stop the negative thinking, the being bound by emotions, being bound by attitudes. We don't have to allow the past to keep. Paul is in jail writing this stuff. Talk about, yes, I'm in jail, but I'm free. You know what? The Lord said, wait a minute, I want to get you to a place that it doesn't matter what other folks think about you. Let me, let me help us. When you're growing in Christ, you're going to have haters. May I say that again? When God is using you, there's folks that's always going to be hating on you. The reason is that they don't know why God's not using them. But if they would get in position, God will use them too. Oh, y'all, y'all, this is good. Y'all don't know it's good. Listen, 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 listen. He says, he says, strongholds can be torn down. It will refute arguments and theories and reasoning and every proud, lofty thing that exalts itself above the truth. The word is true, y'all. And the more we walk in the truth, the more we begin to see what truth is. Let's see, Charles. Come here, man. Can I use you in the illustration? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Right, right, right here, right here, right here, right here. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us. 
He said, if our gospel were here, it is here because the God, small g, of this world has blinded us. That small g indicates it's not God, it's not Christ, but it is Satan who has set himself up as a false god in this world. And what he has done to those who don't know the Lord Jesus, he has So people who are not saved are walking around. You scared, ain't you? You you're scared I'm going to let you. Because the devil will let you bump into things. I'm not going to do that with him. They, they think they see, but they really don't see. What God did in our salvation, God binded up the the, the strong man and took away, watch this, some of it. As you grow in Christ, the clearer your vision becomes. As you allow the word to, to take more evidence, the clearer your vision comes. You, we only see so clear depending on how much word we allow to walk in us, to live in us, to become our truth. We are to constantly be challenged by the word. The word challenges me to change my attitude, to change my belief system. You just can't come here on Sunday morning and walk out the same way. You ought to leave with something that troubles you. Y'all to say, well, I didn't know that was so true. I didn't understand it. And you got to wrestle with that until you cast down everything that makes you think otherwise. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's possible to sit in church and not change. Because because, because, because we're used to being dictated by the flesh. We're, we're used to being dictated by our emotions. And we're religious. We know how to do church. And if you mess with church stuff, oh, you in trouble. Had a pastor friend who went into business meeting and and he laid his Bible down. He said, look at him. He always carrying around that big Bible. That's what he's supposed to be carrying. That's our truth. How is it, when is it that our opinions is greater than the word of God? When, 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 what what happened when, 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 when the world's concept, listen, because, watch this. Because we have not exercised our spirit. Notice what I'm saying. You hear me say this all the time, but allow me to explain. I say to sense God. Notice I don't say to feel God. Listen, we sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our spirit has nothing to do with feelings. And a lot of times, if we have not learned how to hear God in our spirit, 
Since God propping our spirit, we still going by our flesh. It's about how we feel. Whoever told God don't deal with your feelings. Oh, he cares how you feel, but he don't speak to your feelings. He don't move you by your feelings. Listen, listen, some of y'all didn't feel like coming to church today, but you came anyway. Feelings are here, there, nowhere. You may not feel like going to work Monday, but guess what? Because you get a paycheck, there's somebody on your job you can't stand, but you ain't gonna sit at home because they're gonna be at the, guess what? You look at your check on Friday, you gonna go in there and deal with them? You feel like knocking their dentures out, but you don't? You feel like tearing a weave out, but you don't. You can barely hold it together, but you do because you think, I need this job. I need this paycheck. So I'm going to put my emotions in check, and I'm going to grin and bear it. Just as hard as that is sometimes, it's just as hard when the truth confronts us and we got to bring our feelings, our emotions, our attitude under the obedience of that truth. It's discipline. It's spiritual discipline. It's spiritual understanding that say, even though I've been living this all my life, even though I thought this was true, I see I got to put this attitude away. This does not go along with my new nature. This is my old nature. So, Lord, help me to subdue. Let, let me explain. Don't y'all, well, y'all, y'all still. See, when we was you all age, our mama and daddy didn't have to say much to us in church. All they had to do is give us a look. I, I don't know if that's true for you all, but, but some of us older ones, see, we had parents that wouldn't spell, spare the rod, and they wouldn't wait till you get home to whip you. They would take you out in the hallway and whip you, and folks would hear you get whooped, and they dare you to cry. They dare you say, <laughs> You know you want to cry, and they dare you. They, they dare you. They are, you were big and bad and embarrassed me in front of church. You said, <laughs> and the reason why you didn't cry, because you disciplined yourself, because you know if you start crying, you're going to go out there and whip you again. They dare you. Hey, am I lying? How many know what I'm talking about? But we learn to. The word of God, sometimes we don't want to. But you gotta, we got to discipline ourselves. 
This is training. This is spiritual training. And God won't show us the next level until we are disciplined at the level he has us now. I'm rocking a baby and I'm giving a baby a bottle. How old is your baby? 21 years old. When you see that in real life, instantly your heart drops and breaks because you know something's wrong. The development of that child did not happen. There was something wrong physically. There's something wrong emotionally. There's something wrong with the cognitive, the, the thinking of that child. And that mother and that father is forever going to have to treat that child no more than, than, a, than, a, than a child. And your heart goes out to them because that child would never benefit from growing up and enjoying life. And they are either in bondage mentally or physically, though their spirits may be growing, either, either mentally, emotionally, or physically, they are in bondage, and that inhibits them from enjoying what growing up is all. If that's true from a physical standpoint, don't you know that's true from a spiritual standpoint? And that, and that we can remain if infants spiritually and, and never break through to enjoy the benefits, the blessings that is on our path as we grow in Christ and become that which he has called us to be. And watch this. And you and I control our spiritual growth. I control. As I have, if I allow God to speak to me in the truth, and, and as, as he speaks, when I bring that, that portion of truth into my life, it opens me up for the next portion of truth that he wants to share in me. As I learn obedience at, at the smallest level in my spirit, and he now speaks more in my spirit. As, as I'm obedient to him waking me up in the middle of the night and going down on my knees. Y'all get that? When you are obedient to him saying, wake up and pray. Listen to a preacher and, 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 and this particular preacher said, kept on hearing something drop. <laughs> we'll wake him up about four or five o'clock in the morning and wake up and when they wake up, you know, they have a sense of, of going to pray. But instead of going in a room, instead of, instead of getting alone with God, they would pray with God and fall back to sleep. Every morning, something drop and wake them up. Finally, they said, they asked God, what's that falling sound? They said, it's you. Because you are not obeying, yes. and I'm trying to prepare you for what's coming. Yes. 
that sound of falling is you. Heard a sermon this week of a of well-known pastor, big church, not here in the city, outside the city, but he's nationally known. And, and he was telling a story of, of how anxiety took over. He said he, he would wake up and his heart would be beaten and he thought he was having a heart attack. He'd be rushed to the hospital and they would do all sorts of tests and they said, physically there's nothing wrong. He said he, at one point he thought he was losing his mind because he knew that the feelings he was having was real. His blood pressure would shoot up and all of that. And he said, he said, he said, and he went through a season of this until finally one doctor said, you're going through anxiety attacks. It's, it's not in your physical, it's in your emotional. And this is what he said. He said, he said, he's, he's been honest with his congregation. He said, listen, I still have them. I still don't have them at all. He said, but one thing I learned to do, he said, I learned to encourage myself. Look what he said. He said, he said, he said, at the beginning of it, when I wake up, he said, he said, I started singing and praising God. I came up with songs. And he said, listen, the attacks still come but they don't affect me as much as they used to. He said, now I know how to do battle. I focus my eyes on the Lord. So when they come, I start singing. I start praising. Got a, got a, got, 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 got a, got a, got, 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 got a phone call, got a, got a text, got some information. And somebody said, pray for me. I'm going through spiritual battle. I, I did a prayer, but after I prayer, I said, now go to Psalms 27 and Psalms 91. I said, in there are promises of God to protect you. You begin to say those promises to yourself and claim them for yourself. That you know that you're covered. That God has set his arms around you. That God said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That he said, that though the pestilence may attack you, they will not overwhelm you. I told him, then I said, I said, I said, and no matter how bad you feel, make yourself praise God. Make yourself, make yourself, stir up your spirit. The attack is in your emotion. The attack is on the outside. Stir up your spirit, because that's where your strength is. Your spirit is stronger than your emotions. Your spirit is stronger than your thinking. But you not to know how to tap into your spirit, man, and let him rise up in the time of trouble, in the time of the storm, in the time when you feel like giving up. We, 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 we got to understand, we can control this, but the battle is in our Devil specializes on kicking you around. Man getting kicked and stumped by the devil. And he began to say, Lord, give me, give me up, help me. The Lord said, You get up. Man said, What? Lord said, I've given you 
everything you need to get up. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Lord will not do for you what he has given you the power to do for yourself. Can I say that again? The Lord will not do for you what he has given you the power to do for yourself by using your faith tools to trust his word, stand on his word, claim his word, believe his word, know that his word is true. See, let me speak to somebody. The time is going to come when you're going to go through such a battle, you're going to think God left you. Oh, the, the, the time is going to come. You're going to feel like you're all by yourself. You're going to feel like that God done left you and forsaken you. You're going to feel like that God don't love you no more. Matter of fact, the devil would tell you God don't love you no more. It may be physical, it may be emotional, it may be both. It may be trouble on every hand, but the devil's going to put you in a place and he's going to start speaking to you. You never was saved. He's going to start telling you, God, God done forsaken you. Is there anybody in the house? Don't leave me out here by myself. Is there anybody in the house that had those voices speak to you that, that the devil have lied to you? You know, and, and that's when you need to open up your mouth and say, wait a minute, the word said he promised me that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And in the Greek it said, I would never leave you, never forsake you, never. You know what he meant by that? Never. No matter what you go through, never. No matter how low you go, never. No matter what you've done, never. No matter what the devil does, never. Never means never. Huh. Never, never, never. You know, you know, God, God's love for you is always maxed out. If it could be maxed out, it's maxed out towards you. Even though we go through. And, and, and you got to know enough about God that you can encourage yourself in the time of the storm. You got to be able to say hallelujah when you don't feel like it. You got to be able to sing amazing grace when you don't feel like it. You got to be able to praise God when everything in you don't want to. And I declare that something on the inside. Listen, your trouble may not leave. Your situation may not get no better. But won't God give you peace in the midst? of the storm? Won't God do something supernatural? Won't God give you strength in the morning? Won't God? I've been to the place that in the morning I did not think I was going to make it. But by afternoon, I forgot the trouble I had in the morning. I don't know how he does it. I'm just glad that he does it. Let me, let me finish this. Let, let me finish it. Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9. He says, rejoice, always in the Lord. Well, Reverend, what he means by that? Rejoice. Delight yourself in God 
even in the midst of your trouble. Keep your eyes on him. Again, I say rejoice. When, when the scripture says something twice, it's putting emphasis on it. Like, this is what you have to do. Train yourself. Develop this. Learn this at all costs. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. This is a commandment. Do not worry. I've never seen worry heal anything. Do not worry. I've never seen worry change anything. Do not worry. Do not worry. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your request, oh, I forgot something, and with thanksgiving. Listen, until you get to the place that once you've given it to him, that you begin to thank him. See, 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 when you thank him before he does anything, God begins to say, look at my daughter, look at my, I told you about Brett, he didn't see a and every night he would come thank me for his birthday party. Y'all didn't hear me. You know what I said to my mom? If I got a Robin Steele, he gonna have a birthday party. <laughs> you know why? He thanked me so much that I could. Matter of fact, I'm telling you, he got more than what he was supposed to get. He got enough for for birthday and Christmas. But you know what made me do that? Thank you for my birthday party. Two weeks away, no evidence, but he took me at my word. Is there anybody in the house gonna take God at his word? Just thank him before a change happened. Thank him before you see anything. Thank him before the change happened. Thank him because he, he's on your side. Thank him because he can't thank you. Oh, let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm trying to get through with this. I really am. Listen, listen, listen. I wish I knew these principles at your age. If I knew these principles at your age, I would be way beyond where I'm at now. I wish I understood how to walk in these principles at your age. See, I wasted too much time. So the stuff that God is teaching me now, I should have known this stuff at your age. Listen, age has nothing to do with it. Let me say that. Age has nothing to do with it. It's our desire to learn what the Lord got to teach you because the Holy Spirit has come to be your teacher. And if you seek him, he will start opening up to you in your spirit his truth. Can you imagine their age knowing this stuff? Because with each round it gets higher. With each round it gets better. Let me, let me move on because I can stay on that all day. You know, a lot of times we start with in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. And this is what he said. He said, this is not natural. This is supernatural peace. 
The problem is a lot of time we stop there. But you need to go to the next verse. Family, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatsoever thing is pure, whatsoever thing is lovely, whatsoever things are, are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on it. You know what he's saying? Control your thinking. Watch what gets in your head. Because if it gets in your head, it will mess up your walk. I'm just going to do this. Jerry Springer will mess you up. Some of these reality shows, they ain't nothing but mess. And you walk around all day with this stuff in your head. And next thing you know, you acting like L.A. housewife. <laughs> Take it on their persona. You watch anything or anybody long enough and you allow that to be the main thing that feeds you. And your soul, now, your spirit don't take that on. Your soul does. Your spirit is where the spirit of God rises. But Galatians says that, that, that the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another. So when one is in control, the other one can't be in control. So if I feed my flesh, my soul, and that's what I place in my mind, that's the persona I'm going to take on. When I feed my spirit, it enables the spirit to rise up and say, I got more food than your, than your flesh, so I'm going to rise up and take Watch this. Watch this. Let me bring this to a close. John, 1 John 3 and 8, he says, he who sinned is of the devil. The devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Did Jesus come on earth? It was to destroy <clears throat> the works of the devil. Okay, watch this. But what works? What is he talking about when he said works? Well, let's go back to Genesis so it shows us. Satan can't get in Adam's and Eve's mind because their mind is totally tuned to God. So he gets in a serpent and uses a serpent to speak. So he gets in their ears. He gets in their mind by speaking to the ears because he had no access to their minds. I got that. He, and when they disobey God, Satan now has access to their minds. That's why we can think negative thoughts. Listen, while I'm there, let me clear something up. Just because the thought passed through don't mean you sin. He will send thoughts through. You just don't grab them when they come through. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Just because the thought went through your head 
don't mean it was your thought. It was the thought of the enemy. It's when it goes through. Now reach up and grab it. Now you made it yours. Why? Because he has access to our minds. And you've got to have enough in your mind to combat the thought that he would throw at your mind. You kick it out. It's not true. It's a lie. If, 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 if you think God is condemning you, that's not God condemning you. If you're a child of God, that's Satan condemning you. God will correct you, but he don't condemn you. We, we, can, uh, we can run through this all day long, but, uh, but we don't got time. But listen, 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 listen. So, 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 listen. so the work he came to destroy is the kingdoms and the thoughts he has set up in our... That's why Jesus said, and the truth will set So where is Satan working? Where are his works? Because if he got you, you know, there's some stuff that is happening that is crazy. How can a father take his baby and throw the baby down and kill it? How can another father literally either bite or cut off his baby girl's nose. How can they abuse these babies, these infants, breaking bones and doing all sorts of stuff? Well, where is this coming from, y'all? Friend I grew up with, Oh, he's on the border. He, 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 he's on the border. Not, not, not want to let go of the lifestyle, but, but, but want to be saved. And I asked him, I said, do you believe in God? Profound statement. He said this. He said, I know there is a God because of the evil I see. Listen to his thinking. Since there is evil, there has to be the opposite, which is a moral good. I can see the action of the devil that is evil by the things that are going on. So if there is a devil that is making people do the evil that I see, I know that there's a God. Philosophy 101. Now, atheists will come back and say, I don't believe there's evil. There's no absolute truth, no absolute wrong. And the reason why they say that is not that they really believe that. It's because, because they don't have an argument for moral good and evil. Because if there's evil, there must be a moral good. Philosophy 102. <laughs> and listen, we can see it. The question is, Whose voice are we listening to? And it's making a choice. Let's, let's, let's take this home. Let's take this home. Peter says, like newborn, 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3, says, like newborn babies, you should crave and thirst 
the earnest desire, the pure, undoctorated spiritual milk. By it, you may be nurtured and grow unto complete salvation, that is, to grow into who you are, since you have already tasted the goodness and the kindness of the Lord. Hebrews 5, 11, 14 says, concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain, since you are dull of hearing. You, your, your, your spiritual healing, hearing and sluggish, even slowful in achieving spiritual insight. Now listen to this. The Hebrew writer is talking to Christians, and he's saying, I got much to tell you, but I can't. Because you ought to be grown, but you're babies. He says, you don't have spiritual insight because your spirit ain't open. Your spirit isn't open. You are going by your feelings, your concept, your own reasoning, and you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit to take you to the next level. Next verse. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching, teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk and stuff. Now listen what they're saying. I just saw this. He said, you once was on meat. Now you done went back to milk. That's scary. You mean to tell me I can lose what I know and go back? You mean to tell me that if I don't hold precious if I don't hold precious, but like I said, I used to play the piano. I can't play no more. Okay, next verse. Yes, Lord Jesus. For everyone who continues to feed, who continues to feed on milk, is obvious. Is, is inexperienced, unskilled in the teaching of righteousness, uh, conforming to the will and then purpose, thought and action. And we're saying it is that if you are on milk for 20 years, something's wrong. Listen, for he is a mere infant, not able. Next. But, but solid food is for grown men, grown women, for those who senses, not feelings. You have, you have quickened your spirit, and you know the way of God in your spirit. Faculty, listen, trained by practice. You know what that means? The more you learn to walk with the Holy Spirit, the more you'll walk with him. The more you learn to listen, the more you hear. The more you are obedient, the more obedience you will be. You learn it by doing it, but the moment you quit doing it, you lose it. Let me say it again. We learn it by doing it, and the more we do it, the more better we are at it. The moment we quit doing it, we lose it. Do I need to say that again? Okay, let's go on. Watch this. Distinguishing between what is morally good and noble and what is evil. Let me explain what this is saying. This is saying to be able to distinguish what is of the spirit and what is of the soul. Yes, sir. Our soul and our spirit is so intertwined that the only thing Hebrews 4, 12 says that can distinguish between it 
is the word of God. The word of God will help me to realize, help you to realize, is it us or is it the Holy Spirit propping us? And, and the more I learn and try to listen and gain what God has for me, the more he's going to show me, but he's only going to show me when I want it to be shown. David writes in Psalms 130, and here he's concerning with us individually and us together as a church. Here he used the Old Testament illustration of Aaron. Aaron is the high priest, the, the first high priest. There was no such thing as a high priest except for the high priest that, that uh, Melchizedek who met Jesus, and we don't know where he came from. Don't, don't, don't know how he became God's high priest, but here God is setting up a pattern for Israel. So Aaron is a high priest, and it shows that, come here, son, come here. Now let me use one of these. Josh, come here. See, he came, he beat you to it. I was calling you, but he like, amen. Watch this. When, when he became high priest, he had, he had priestly clothes on. Had, had a long way all the way down, had, had a, a, with different stones for, for the nation of Israel, had a beard. And, and Moses took a ram's horn full of oil and he poured it on not just a little oil, but enough oil that it ran all the way down and he became soaked in that oil. Look what he says. It, it, it is like the oil. He says, when the church is in unity, when we come together, it is like that oil. Watch this. It feels like oil. It smells like oil. Not just any oil. It's an oil that's been perfectly made with myrrh and incense and frankincense to be poured on him because the representation is he represented everybody in Israel from the youngest to the oldest. So when the oil was poured on him, and God is saying, my spirit is poured on all of you. It's an Old Testament picture of the church and God said, nobody is left out. If you are me, you got my fragrance. You got my feel. You got me. And I have permeated every bit of you if you let me be me in you. Y'all get that? He said, he said, the blessing and favor is on everybody. He said, that's why he said, in unity, you see the fullness of it. But, but when there's no unity, you hinder the flow of the I don't think we really seen worship yet. I don't think we really seen the, 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 the anointing of God fall on us yet. I don't think we really seen God show up and bless us in worship. Not until the oil begins to flow and everybody gets up under the submission of the Spirit of God and we come together under one of control. 
That's why he says in, in Ephesians chapter one, chapter four, verse one. He says, he said, do not, do not break the bond, the endeavor to stay in unity with one another. The chapter started with that. The subject matter continues to verse 16, saying, This is it. And the more you let me flow, there's no ending to how much he flows. Can you imagine the choir? And we come in here, and instead of us listening, we start singing with you. Can you imagine? We come in here and not talking about one another, but we're hungry to see God released in this place. Can you imagine that we, we can't wait till the word of God starts? instead of looking at our watches and when I'm going to stop. Thank you. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Then he goes on, and until you do the background of this, you miss what he's saying. He said, it's like Herman. It's, it's this mountain that is called. There's other mountains, but God picks out, David picks out this mountain because every Jewish person knows that this mountain is so fertile. It's one of the tallest mountains in Israel, and the top of it rises above the clouds, and, 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 and every, every, every day of the year, summer, spring, it is snow-capped because it reaches so high. It's almost as though this mountain is praising God. That he had, it broke the atmosphere. It's above the clouds. And, and, it's, and, and you know, the higher you go, the colder it is. So it is such height that it is cold at its top, regardless of how hot it is down at the bottom. Watch this. The reason why it is so fertile isn't because it rains. Because the other places around it is desert. Yes, sir. But this mountain is so full yes, of vegetation, mm -hmm. of life, because the cold conditions meet up with the warm conditions. And watch this. There is always moisture in the atmosphere. Uh -huh. <laughs> right now, you may not know it, but there's moisture in the atmosphere. Matter of fact, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I do some teaching? Your humidifier runs water through the hot air that comes through your furnace so that you won't get dried out. Because if your humidifier breaks, you will wake up with bloody noses, your skin will start to crack because the hot air from the heat of your furnace will so dry, will be so dry, it can, can cause damage to your body. So what they do is they got a new school thing. They have humidifiers, old school. They will put cups of water. They will put cups of water at the register. So when the hot air comes out, the moisture from the cup of water will get in the air, and though you can't see it, it's moisture in the air. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. 
fog is, it is the evidence of the rain droplets being so big that you can see the physical form of the humidity in the air. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. So watch this. When the temperature meets the dew drop temperature, you get fog. Oh, y'all don't hear me yet. Listen, when the cold air comes down off the top of the mountain and it meets the warm air going up, the fog would drop instantly in the atmosphere and the fog will lay on the ground of the mountain and it will make the mountain wet. Y'all still don't hear me, do you? The picture that David is painting that when praise go up, when thanksgiving goes up, and our praise and our unity meets the desire of God, that the blessing of God falls on his people and his people begin to walk in blessings that only God can provide. But notice, it's in the atmosphere, but we got to conduce it to come down by our praise. That's why your praise is powerful. That's why when we get together, every mouth ought to open up and say, our God is good. That's why we all ought to be singing because when praises go up, blessings come down. I I still don't think they get it yet. I think I need to take it a little bit deeper. Look what he says. He says, he says, just like the mountain is full of favor and increase, he says, when my people come together on one accord, he said, go back to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, and what does it say? He said, he said, he said, when you obey what I tell you to do, when you when your heart is in the right place, he said, you be blessed. You be blessed sitting down. You be blessed standing up. You be blessed laying down. You be blessed coming in. You be blessed going out. Matter of fact, your cattle will be blessed. Your crop will be blessed. Your offspring will be blessed. He said, matter of fact, whatever you got, I will bless it. Now, does blessing mean I won't have trouble? No, it means I may have trouble, but I'm blessing my trouble. That means that even though trouble come my way, I can still say I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. Trouble don't come the last always. It's going to lead sooner or later. See, when you got the favor of God, the trouble don't seem so bad. Tell me, how, how can Paul write this in a prison and he's still talking about rejoice? He's blessed. He blessed. How can you shout when you don't feel like shouting? You blessed. You blessed. See, see, when you know that God is for you, he's more than the world against you, you can tell the devil, get behind me, Satan, because I know that God's going to come see about me. Watch this. Blessed laying down. Blessed standing up. Blessed going out. Blessed coming in. Blessed in the field. 
Bless out of the field. Bless while you sleep. Bless. 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 Is there anybody in the house blessed? Listen, I'm not talking about how you feel. I'm talking about how you are blessed. Blessed. Sometimes you got to tell yourself in front of the devil, in front of your trouble, I know who I am. I know God's hand is on me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed standing up. I'm blessed laying down. Blessed. Bless, bless. See, some of y'all ain't saying nothing, but perhaps your blessing is that you saying with me, bless, 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 bless. Today, the blessing of God can be on you.